Hello, I'm AJ. I'm Alex. And this is NTVN, New Tech Vintage Nerds. Today we're going to talk about PFSense. What is it? Why you want to use it? And what you can do with it. But first, roll an intro. So, before we go to talk about PFSense, what did you automate since last time? What did you automate us? Uh, well, you answer the question, I'll think about it. <laughs> okay. Well, actually, I didn't automate anything. I, I did tweak some light uh, scenes a bit. Some of the lights didn't go off, so that it was a bit uh, difficult. Then I had to push a button, and I don't like that. And thing that I want to do is fix the shades. Our shades don't function anymore, and I don't know why. That's one of the things that annoys me a bit. Uh, it worked, then we get an update, and it stopped working. So it's annoying. I'm not sure why. That is annoying. Yeah. So, did you think about something already? Uh, well, actually, I didn't automate anything. Uh, I did troubleshoot a one uh, one flow actually, and uh, I created a failback flow that when uh, Homie sees that it doesn't have uh, internet or Wi-Fi. It will start a timer and will check again after five minutes. If it still doesn't have internet or Wi-Fi, it will automatically reboot. Okay, that sounds interesting. Yeah, um, I know that. I understand that there is a uh, large risk on a false positive here. For instance, when I'm working on my internet, then Omi starts rebooting every five <laughs> minutes. So uh, there's something to uh, to, re uh, to remember. Maybe I don't know. Uh, enter an extra variable: uh, maintenance true or not. Uh, oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, let's see if it if it works. That's actually a good idea. I, I use them also override switches. So yeah. then then you can make sure that it only happens when you want it or that you can disable it uh, yeah. if you're doing maintenance. Exactly, exactly. Well, I'm, I'm planning to uh, introduce a couple of uh, buttons. And um, actually, I'm looking at uh, button plus. So uh, if you go on internet, type button dot plus and you'll see a wonderful project by uh, a Dutch guy uh, who lives in Groningen. Oh, there you go. That's nearby. It is. And uh, he's actually, he created a um, very nice button bar and display for home automation. This is actually, well, uh, it was born out of uh, a community uh, I'm part of and uh, um he just decided that he wanted to do that and actually um, went through the whole process of crowdfunding and then going to China and looking for a way to get, to get this produced in, in some mass production um, system and, uh, and actually is now selling them. Nice. So you can buy them directly from his website. And they're not very, very uh, expensive as well for, for the fact that you actually get a... Uh, a button bar with two OLED displays integrated and a uh, full color LED on each side. So it's a very, very well, a very nicely designed, very well done. Oh, nice, nice. So I'm planning to uh, integrate, uh, well, I already own two of them and I plan to integrate a couple more. Okay. So are those uh, Wi-Fi based? Because I want to segue to the next topic. They are Wi-Fi based and they use MQTT. Okay. 
So you need a good, stable home network. Uh, indeed. Um, well, it, and, well uh, you need a stable home network, but it doesn't require internet because it's local. But um, talking about PFSend. Yeah, what is it? What is it? Well, PFSend, basically, it's it's uh, um, a software router in 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 FreeBSD, in short. Um, yep, so if you're correct. not familiar with uh, operating systems, um, you know, we, in, in, in the world we have Windows and we have Linux and, well, FreeBSD is a sort of, I'm, I'm, I know I'm going to hurt some people's feelings now. FreeBSD is a sort of Linux. It's not, but it's it's similar. Uh, they both have a Unix background um, where BSD uh, is a taste of Linux or a way of working in Linux and FreeBSD tries to keep up with the way uh, BSD was built back in the day and the philosophy that it had. What is the big difference? Well, um, the big difference with Linux is that, well, it, it's, it, it's it's sort of different uh, uh, in, in uh, the way it's built up. It's uh, a bit more stable. It has a bit of a different write system, not com well, not completely, but it's it, it works a bit differently to Linux, and um, it is and this is mighty important when it comes to routing. It is very stable. So it's stable for a router, but routing what? What what's a router? So what it does is basically if you look at uh when you buy an internet line, right? You get a uh, a box from your internet provider from your ISP and that box connects you to the internet. And a lot of the times that box also has uh, Wi-Fi integrated and gives you um usually fairly crappy Wi-Fi throughout your house. Um and it tends to have a a, a four or five port switch integrated for a couple of wired uh, uh, connections that you can add to that. And then it has some form of uplink to the internet. So depending on whatever your internet connection is, if you have cable, if you've got DSL, if you've got uh, um, fiber, if you've, some people even have uh, um, uh, real, real copper, fiber, uh, copper internet, but um, also if you have uh, a wireless ISP in your neighbor because you've got crappy uh, wired internet, but somebody uh, a couple of miles back has good internet, you often see that, that they have a wireless ISP, a local wireless ISP. Or um, also, um, for instance, Starlink. The, the Starlink dish comes with a built-in router. Well, not built-in, but with an attached router. Um, and obviously, you can plug in uh, a 4G or a 5G stick as well and, and uh, have that as an internet. So there are all, all forms and, 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 and uh, uh, ways of getting internet connection into your home. And what um, generally, there is a box and that box protects your home internet, your home network from the internet. Because obviously, if you um, uh, uh, want to have your laptop connected, you don't want to have your whole laptop connected. You just want to be able to use the internet, but you do not want to expose your laptop to the internet. 
And this is where those devices generally come in. They've got a built-in firewall and a built-in router. So the router makes the connection work. So you can route your local network, the packages that you request from the internet. So if you look at a web page or want to check your email or whatever, that device makes sure that the data comes back and forth from the internet. And the integrated firewall makes sure that your network is your network and the internet is the internet and those two stay separate. So you do not publish uh, everything that's on your laptop to the internet because generally that is not a very good idea. <laughs> no. Um, no, sometimes uh, in the past, uh, uh, somewhere in the past, I, we, we did some some tests with uh, honeypots and uh unprotected Windows machines, connecting them to the internet to see how much time it took to get them compromised. And yeah, I can tell you that is, uh, that is very, not very long and it is fairly impressive how soon people find uh, an, uh, an unprotected system yeah. on the internet. You, you just said uh, you get a router from your ISP. Yes. So why, why would you use uh, uh, something from yourself then? Well, and here's the kicker. Generally, those boxes are massively underpowered. And like I said, with the integrated uh, Wi-Fi, give you crappy Wi-Fi. And also a lot of those boxes are very limited in, in what they can do in, from, in terms of functionality. So if you look at, for instance, if you want to run a, a, a private VPN, so you want to be able to uh, a tunnel into your home network from wherever you are, you know, when you're on the road or on vacation or whatnot, and you want to have a look at the, the security camera that you've got hooked up to your network at home. Um, I would like that. There are, exactly. Well, a lot of people do. So that may be a challenge with the the device that you get from your uh, uh, from your ISP. Right? Yeah. Oftentimes, it doesn't have any VPN server, or it does. It's it's got uh, a pretty crappy support. A lot of the times, those things don't get updates, so they are buggy, insecure, not not working, or only partially working. Yeah, there are all kinds of issues with it, and fortunately. Um, the the um, EU has uh, passed a law which forces ISPs to allow um, the the general public to actually bring their own modem yep. and bring their own router. Well, bring their own router mostly, not not quite your modem. That may be challenging. So you're allowed to actually bring your own router um, by law, and uh, they have to facilitate that. Uh, it's not really enforced, but a lot of ISPs now just allow it anyway and and uh i know there are a couple that do that well make it difficult let's say but uh, uh generally it's it's allowed so um the advantage of bringing your own router is that well first of all you can build your own you can just go to to uh i don't know uh, uh your nearest computer shop or uh, media market uh, i don't know you, yeah target whatever and just buy one off the shelf generally even the ones that are advertised as uh, very modern uh, the the, uh, the what, what's it called blackhawk uh, the tp link thing yeah that thing's got a cpu in it an arm cpu from 2012 whoa yeah so in terms of performance that's ridiculous yeah but why do you need all that performance i mean you're not running applications on it or virtual machines or, or Aren't something you? like that well that's the question isn't it well you're not running uh well, 
usually you're not running virtual machines on it or containers, but uh, a lot of applications you actually do run on your on your firewall, like a VPN or like uh, a, I don't know an HA proxy, or maybe like a DHCP server or a DNS server or all kinds of functionality. That all kinds of functionalities, right? That normally so, your internet modem does from your ISP. Exactly. Not to mention that a lot of those routers, um, if you have, for instance, 500 gig uh, or 500 Mbit internet connection or one gig internet connection, if you really push that needle to the limit, those boxes, they cannot process that amount of data traffic. No. So um, that that is an issue, right? I mean, you pay for a 500 megabit uh, internet line and that thing is just simply not able to process the amount of traffic goes through. So things just simply underpowered, right? So this is where it, it, may, it may be very interesting just to look into, you know, how about I just buy something different? And well, if you can buy something, you can also build something different. And this is where PFSense comes in. So basically, you can buy a PFSense box. There are PFSense boxes uh, for small, medium business, for home use. They're, they're commercial ARM-based systems, and uh, you can get a support uh, uh, contract with them if you like. They are generally fairly robust, and uh, uh, most of them uh, will fulfill the standard home need. But what if you're not a standard home like we are, right? We have uh, our home automation, have, uh, home lab, home hosting, unit, whatever. Uh, actually, we have two ISPs over here because... Uh, both my wife and myself work from home a lot of the time, and you don't want to be dependent upon a single ISP because when they decide to have uh, maintenance and run into an issue and be down all day, I cannot work all day. That's unacceptable. So we have two ISPs and we can load balance between them. But if one goes down, we just go continue work on the other one. What a luxury. Um, uh, it is, but then again, uh, it also saved my ass a couple of times. <laughs> so I'm very happy that I have that. If you go and look for a router that's capable of routing two different internet service providers, there are very few. But PFSense can. And it works like a charm. So it, there is maybe a downside. If you buy a router off the shelf, generally those things are, they, they run on with a power brick and, and do, I don't know, 12 to 20 watts mostly, and that'll be it. If you build your own, it tends to consume a bit more. And I really mean a bit. So I built a box based on um, a Xeon E3 uh, CPU. Um, it's got, I think, 16 gigs of RAM right now, which is massively oversized, but I just, I mean, I had it. And it runs off um, a mirrored SSD um, drive, I think. It's at one, 128 gig, which is also massively oversized. But it's, well, first of all, it's reliable. Second, I can decide which image I want to boot at any point in time. Um, and if one one drive breaks, I'll just replace it, and and nothing is happening really. The thing is, it will consume roughly forty watts. That's a bit more. It's a bit double, 
of what you would have with a, an off, a cheap off-the-shelf router. But, and here's the kicker, I've got a, a dual-port 10 gig network card in there, and that thing, I can push that thing to the limit and nothing happens. Okay. So do you got 10 gigs internet then? I've got 10 gigs ethernet. I don't have 10 gig internet oh, yet. Okay. But um, in our region, they're already experimenting with two and a half gig. Mm-hmm. And if you have a one gig router, you're already in problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So basically, um, I'm just future-proofing whatever I have in there. That's nice. So, um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I was just going to say that's that's nice being able to actually use two internet providers with two different types of network. Yes. I mean. The only thing we have here is cable and something called telephone. So it's... <laughs> yeah, sort of DSL. Yeah. Uh, you uh, could go Sky, uh, uh, Starlink, though. Yeah, I could. Well, that's about 200-ish euros a month. Well, I think now it's not that expensive. The consumer line was about 100. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not sure. But then the, the, the latency is a bit more than the regular internet. Connection. It's not that bad, so I'm told. It's roughly uh, in the in the uh, uh, ten millisecond range. Okay. Oh, that's not too bad. So 10, 10, 10 or twenty. That that's almost the same as my cable. It's it's not. Uh, I mean, it, it it's not what it used to be. Like uh, uh, seconds. Yeah. Of of uplink. So um, the the Starlink satellites are in the lower orbit, so they've got oh, better yeah. better response times. But well, they, well, they said the, the the dish will set you back about six hundred euros, and then you've got a one hundred euro uh, monthly subscription fee. So it's not cheap. No, then I'll stay with cable and hope that somebody uh, throws a fiber into the to the ground. So uh, what I'm using in this PF Sense box is uh, there's a cable internet connection on one end, which is four hundred megabits down and something up. I don't know. Forty up probably. Could be. I have no idea. And there is a synchronous one gig fiber connection on the other port. Oh, cool. So both are in a single routing group and they have the same. Oh, there's a, the, the fiber one is the primary connection. The, the cable one is the fallback connection. But they when when the router swaps the the connections because one is down, you seriously, you don't notice. Oh, Wow, that's uh, uh, pretty nice. We can uh, uh, we've cut the cable completely, so uh, uh, the television that we're watching is all online internet. We can be watching television. The one of the uh, the the sort of fiber can go down. The cable internet will pick up, uh, and we will never have noticed while watching TV. Wow, the switchover is that fast, and the buffering is that effective. That it will never, you will never notice that it moved from one connection to the other. Nice and back as well. So, would you say that your home network improved by using PFSense? It definitely did, and uh, let me tell you why. I've uh, first of all, and I can recommend that to everyone who is a bit of a hobbyist. Um, one of the best practices that you can do with your home network is segment it. Start mm-hmm. using VLANs. If you don't know what that is, I think uh, um, Tom Lawrence has got wonderful explanations on how to do that. Um, 
he's one of the experts on on uh, pfSense anyway so uh, if you're interested in pfSense I highly recommend his videos on pfSense basically if you have devices like uh, televisions cameras any other uh, kitchen appliances I wouldn't know why you want to have them on internet but uh, I know that there are devices that actually come with Wi-Fi enabled please 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 put them in a separate internet of things VLAN make sure that they stay in there they can't get to uh for instance your laptop your pc your telephone your tablet whatever make sure those are separate because your your security will thank you <laughs> so many of those devices are uh, crappy with updates are uh, having issues in security um because they use poor security and not not secure by design anyway or never get an update after the, they leave the factory. And basically, I mean, it's wonderful that you that your your washing machine or your oven has got Wi-Fi. But if someone from the internet with bad intentions can use your oven or your washing machine to piggyback on and yeah. get into your network, suddenly it's no fun anymore. No, no. The same goes for solar panels. Those things come with firmware or with web servers that are well, they're broke by design. They're unsecure by design. Yeah. Yeah. All so this is where PFSense is wonderful. You can create VLANs in a SNP um, and and just route that through the same interface. That's no problem. That's the advantage of having a VLAN. And uh, lock, that in, lock that VLAN down. I mean, I've got, I don't know, six or seven VLANs. I've got one for my work PC which uh, is not connected to anything else but um, the uh, VPN to my work. And uh, there are no other devices in that network anyway. I've got an IoT network that is connected to the internet. I've got an IoT network that is not connected to the internet. I've got a camera network, which is separate again, which is not connected to the internet. All kinds of best practices in terms of security. So if you want to try and compromise my camera, good luck with that. You can't get to them. There is no way in hell you could get to them. Okay. The only device that can get to them is the Ubiquiti uh, network video recorder. That thing actually has one port connected to the network where the cameras are, and the other port is connected to uh, the normal network where I can just watch the videos. Mm. But if you want to directly connect to the camera and do anything with that, not going to happen. In one of the previous episodes, we talked about networking, like said, uh, Ubiquiti, and also about uh, doing things from command line or preferably not. I used PFSense in, uh, in the past and it, it, it's a steep learning curve. Why would you choose that uh, on, on top of the, the box from the ISP that's click-de-click, it's working, uh, I don't have to do anything. I mean, it's all good and well that, that you have more speed and internet connections, but I mean, simplicity is something else that a lot of people prefer. I know we're tweakers, but... No, that's true. And I wouldn't recommend it to everyone. I mean, if you're not into network, I mean, yes, PFSense has got a learning curve. And if you're not have an affiliation with IT or networking or um, uh, security, then... This may not be for you, you know, just uh, stick to the uh, the box that your, your your ISP got you and just make sure that, well, change the default password, please, please folks do that. Don't leave it. 
and um also uh i mean if if it works it works right i mean uh, a lot of people are happy with it and um, the thing is that uh, a lot of times um you see that the demand inside of a home changes you know the kids get older they get on they get a mobile phone they go to a room and they don't have wi-fi and everyone complains uh, the wi-fi isn't working i've got no uh no signal i've got no performance uh, okay, what do you do about that? Well, um, you hook up another another access point. Oh, now I have two. Now I have two access points. I've got two networks. That sucks. When I go, uh, when I walk up the stairs, I have to connect to a different network. Okay, that's not that's not handy. What if we put access points throughout the house? Okay, so now we have every, the same network everywhere, but now I have to route that. Uh, to the internet router, maybe that thing does uh, only has four ports, and then you run out of uh, uh, out of physical connections. So you have to buy a switch, and and it it goes downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, I know. If you look uh, behind me, there's also a, a small utility box with all kinds of cool networking stuff. Yeah. And people ask, well, isn't that stuff you get from the internet provider good enough? It, it is. Mm, it depends. Enough. It depends. My internet, the router I received from my internet provider, will not uh, allow me to load balance between a fiber optic network and a cable network. So that that was one big reason for me to start building my own my own router. Um, and like I said, you know, there are devices from Netgate, the the producer of PFSense, and uh, they they. Uh, they sell wonderful devices and and they've got a, a terrific support on them. So uh, uh, if you're not com not comfortable building your own, you know uh, there are options to just buy a box with PFSense on it. And you know it's not that that uh, it will just serve you a blinking cursor on a black screen, <laughs> and good luck with that. It has a wonderful web interface, but uh, uh, you do have to know what you're doing, right? It's it's. Uh, not very uh, in intuitive begin, beginner friendly yeah yeah i agree I, I i used it i did know what i was doing but i had some things that were unexplainable probably because of the hardware so i switched back to something well actually from ubiquity so it just works i, I like to tinker but my internet connection has to be stable. It just has to work. Well, I have n had no issues with my PFSense box whatsoever ever since uh, I've I've installed it here, which is four years ago, actually six years ago. Uh, now that I come to think of it, um, it does. Um, ever since I installed it, it's been flawless. So... Are there things that you want to improve upon uh, within the, the PFSense area? So I know that some stuff is, is just command line based and, and you can get to that from there. Um, but uh, what would be nice is the, the statistics are not easy to interpret. Let's put it like that. You get a front page and it has a couple of statistics, but that is fairly limited uh if you if you're troubleshooting something or if you want to know you know what what uh, it, what what did this station do on on my network or on the internet or whatever uh finding that out is not easy um it can be done 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have to know your tools. And you have to know PFSense. You have to go through diagnostics and search the the uh, the station and know the back know the MAC address, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it would be wonderful if if they could improve upon that. Uh, you know, just just up the security posture a bit. Some stuff is is um, not easy to install. Um, I've got a DNS filter on. It's called uh, um, what's it called? PF something. I can't remember. Uh, I'll I'll put it in a link in the show notes. But th- you can subscribe to different lists from uh, uh, backlists and 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 DNS block lists and. Uh, Getting into false positives there is very easy. Locking yourself out in in that perspective is fairly easy. So in terms of next uh, next gen firewalling, that would be nice. And I know that they have support for Suricata and they've got, they've got support for Snort, um, yep. but those are pretty heavy packages and very difficult to configure. You really have to know your stuff. This is on the edge of what I can do. <laughs> yeah, and they're memory intensive. They are fairly memory intensive. I've got Suricata running, but it's in warning mode still after f- four years mm. uh, because I do not trust it enough to enable it on my external connection. Okay. Uh, if if there is something going on there, then it will probably uh, end up in mayhem if, if that thing gets to control. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I would I would love to see a bit a bit a bit more user friendly uh, tooling in that perspective. Some then again, of, some kind of workflow. I want to achieve this. Then you can do something like this, that. That would be great. You know, if you just implement an assistant that would, where you can say, you know, I want to secure my my network uh, from uh, I don't know DNS filtering, yada yada yada. And, and it would just do it for you, right? Uh, maybe with a little help of AI, like we discussed in the previous episode, it, it would be very beneficial for that. Yeah. yeah Seriously, yeah. It, could ben- it, it, it could benefit insanely from that. Um, specifically because, well, you know, something is a threat or what isn't. Yeah. And, and it would be easier to implement AI on, on that, in that perspective than uh, to have it create uh, uh, content, actual content. Oh yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I would say that that would be something that that I would welcome very much. Um, other than that, I'd say it. I'm I'm, I'm a pretty happy camper when it comes to PFSense. Yeah. So are, are there things that you want to do in your house then with PFSense that you don't do already? Like uh, um, you have two connections, would you? Uh, think about CARP, the the whole failover method for PFSense. Um, no, that would be too complicated for here. That would would be too much. But um, I would like to use an HA proxy, for instance. I haven't looked into that yet. Um, it's got a it's got HA proxy in, uh, integrated, but um, I'm I'm still experimenting with that. How to how to implement that um, specifically? Put put it in front of my uh, uh, the, the stuff that I'm hosting. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure about that yet. Anyway, and um, I think that's mostly it right now. I think the network is fairly secure. 
like I said, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the performance. What I would like to do in the near future is um, to replace the current box that I have uh, with something a bit, a bit more modern, which uses a bit less power. And I've seen a couple of wonderful boxes uh, actually coming out uh, with two 10 gig uh, NICs already built in. Okay. And um, uh, based on on uh, the internet and uh, the Intel M100 or a bit more perform uh, a, a bit bigger bigger CPU with a lot less power, so that thing runs something something around I think 12, 12 watts. Okay. That's pretty low. Between twelve and twenty, so that was that is that's very good. And uh, uh, it wouldn't run on SSDs; would it run on 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 NVMe drives mm. as well? So even less power and even more performance. Yeah, um, which in you a, can in use a, in a, for uh, Gen AI because that's uses a lot of power. Exactly. So um, yeah, uh, and, and that in a tiny box that would that would definitely tickle my fancy. So that's that's something that that I may look into, but I noticed that those boxes are actually roughly around six hundred, seven hundred euros. So yeah. ugh, that's uh, that's quite an investment. Um, then again, like I said, this box has served me uh, very well over the past six years. Um, it's an Intel Xeon E3, I think, a V6. Hmm. So this this is uh, it's I think it's barely DDR4. Um, it may even be DDR3 now that I come to think of it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. For, I mean, it's a router, right? I mean, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, but in terms of performance, uh, it's it's. I, I actually I noticed that when I put the box in in uh, in BIOS in full performance, so in 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 high performance or in in eco mode, it doesn't doesn't really matter. Okay. There is no difference in the power in the the power consumption at all. Strange. So I just put it in high performance. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, the the internet response responsiveness of the router was was uh, actually uh, noticeably better when I put it in high performance. It wasn't bad when it was in in uh, an eco mode, but um, it was noticeably quicker when it was in high performance mode. So looking at, back at the, the the last six years with uh, PFSense. Would you do anything different if you had to start all over again? Yes, I would not buy the Chelsea card, and I can happily disrecommend that. <laughs> okay. Yes, and, and this, well, no, well, not really. Um, you may or may not know Chelsea is a a network card company, uh, and they they build wonderful devices. But uh, I had an issue. Uh, I, I bought a, a dual port ten gig card. Um, Generally, FreeBSD and so also PFSense has got wonderful support for Chelsea. Um, I ran Chelsea 10 gig cards in my uh, FreeNAS uh, core, which is also based on FreeBSD. Yeah. And um, they did a wonderful job there. But um, this card in, in PFSense in a 1U box, it overheated so quickly. And it started doing all kinds of strange things, dropouts, uh, wouldn't connect to the internet, uh, uh, wouldn't connect. At, uh, I had all kinds of very strange problems. So mm. what I did basically is, you know, good old Intel, get, get, get me uh, an Intel, I think it's a 550X card, which was in, which is in there. Um, we have a dual 10 gig uh, uh, SFP on the back. And that thing 
is rock solid. It runs like a charm. Okay. And next, then next to that, the machine still has four one gig ports uh, on board as well. So I could do something with that, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, integrated lights out or something like that. Uh, it it does have IPMI, yeah. So that's 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 an even separate port. So one of the one gig ports is is connected to the cable modem. One of the ten gig ports is connected to the fiber, and the other ten gig port is connected to the uh, to the ten gig LAN. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, as the cable network doesn't go over four hundred megabits, it wasn't it didn't make sense to no run an extra ten gig line to that. No, no, mine does a gig uh, right now. I think so. I start looking at uh, at a new interface. So. Um, we know a lot about PFSense now within your home network. What would you advise to somebody that that is considering PFSense right now? Well, don't buy Chelsea, but um, what what would you recommend? Where do they start, or even before they start? If you have the opportunity to uh, run a PFSense box virtually, do that. Mm-hmm. Start tinkering with it. Get to know it. Um, you can easily create virtual interfaces where you have a virtual one internet and a virtual LAN network, and just you know, uh, get to know how you can create firewall rules. Get to know the 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 NAT terminology, the routing terminology, um, so that you get familiar with with the box, um, and then. Buy a small box, buy a, 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 something that fits your need, right? If you've got, uh, uh, I don't know, um, 200 megabit cable, don't buy a box with 10 gig. That's that's ridiculous, right? It's That's massively oversized. Buy something that, that suits your need, um, install it, and, and start thinking with it. You do have to remind yourself it needs at least two network connections. So if you buy something off the shelf, uh, an Intel NUC or, um, well, Intel doesn't make them anymore, but I think Asus bought that. Yeah, yeah they didn't, did they? Um, so if it, I think Asus has got boxes with two NICs on him. It will consume not a whole lot of power. You can run PFSense on it. It will probably work, and it's it, it, you will be amazed, I, I am sure. Okay, then. Well, now you know, just use PFSense, start using it. So I think uh, th- that's a wrap for this uh, this episode. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to know what we're talking about next time, just look at the blog or I can tell you right now, we're going to talk about social media, what we oh, do wow. with it or what we don't do with it and why we do or don't. So thanks for listening and see you next time. See you next time. Bye.